Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, the Kickback Presents. Uh, this is the Kickback Presents Bracket Madness, I guess is what I called it. I think it's what I called it. Anyway, um, with me tonight, I got three gentlemen, all, um, not all, but from all di from different schools. And we'll be talking about this year's NCAA Bracket 2022 NCAA Bracket. Selection Sunday was um, earlier today. Uh, all of our teams made the tournament. And we will discuss all of their uh, the matchups and what we think is going to happen in this year's tournament. This is the best time of the year, March Madness. Um, our Lord and Savior Future has a soundtrack for this uh, with the song March Madness. So let's start with our Memphis contingent. So we got uh, two U of M fans, Mason Massey, uh, Dwight Bowen, just gave y'all a whole name on the podcast. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Government name. Government names on the podcast. So, I mean, um, if you if you listen to this show, if you uh have watched a lot of my content, especially me and Mace content for the last year and a half, it's it's been very Memphis centric. Um, but the Tigers are back in the tournament. They failed today to Houston in the AAC championship game, but they are back in the tournament as a nine seed uh, facing Boise State, who they beat in the NIT last year. Um, so a, a rematch for one of that game. So I want to start with with the with the Tigers guys. And, and it's, it's this question is, I guess, multifaceted. Um, could take a long answer, but how does it feel? How does it feel to be back in the tournament after um, – I guess such a long hiatus and after practically thinking you weren't going to make it earlier this year, I'm going to start with you, Mace. Man, first time back in the tournament since 2014 Sunday, this morning, I was able to get my dancing shoes out, polish them a little bit, get them <laughs> ready for Thursday. Uh, it feels great, you know, and, and earlier this week, I went back through my text messages to see what I said preseason would be an acceptable uh, you know, season for the Tigers. And I said, I just want to make the tournament. And that was the same thing Penny Hardaway told Gary Parrish uh, in October. He said, I just want to make the tournament. So, you know, things didn't go exactly as planned, but we're here. We got a chance to make some noise. And it feels damn good to not have to sweat it out on Sunday. And not only not have to sweat it out, but then not be selected. So it's a great turn of events. Feels good. Feels like a turning point for the program moving forward. Completely. I feel that. I feel that. Du Dwight, what you got? Right on. Definitely want to echo what my man said. Feels great to be in the tournament again, um, especially after last year, you know, being selected for that number one seed in the NIT or whatever, getting skipped. You know, this year we're in the big dance. But for me, it's just I'm happy we made it, but the work's not done. I want to see the team make a run in it. And I know we're going to talk about the brackets a little bit later on because Memphis definitely got some big tests coming up but I want to see the boys get there and excel. Right. Okay. So let's, um, let's talk about it a little bit more. Let's go a little bit more in depth with the, uh, with the Memphis angle and Roy, I'll bring you in on this um, because Memphis was supposed to play Tennessee, uh, which was going to be one of their more marquee games of the year. Obviously the game didn't happen because of the COVID reasons. Um, but uh, how would you guys, Describe these last two months as a Tigers fan. Actually, not even the last two months. How would you guys describe this season 
as a Tigers fan? Like the ups, downs, ins, outs. How would you describe that? Pure roller coaster. Pure roller coaster from starting at the beginning, and we were all hyped and this and that, which we knew it was going to be some tough tests early on to some of the ones where we had just the worst lows ever. Like, I actually just went back, and I saw what Georgia finished the season as. I was like, oh, my goodness. Did we really lose to this team? Then you come back, and then you start winning 11 out of 12 or 10 out of 12 games. So it's been a true roller coaster, but, you know, the true fans, we've been ride with them. Yeah, I mean, you had some bad losses. Georgia, Ole Miss, back-to-back in the dog days of December. And it was like, oh, shit, like, is this about really about to happen? But then on the other side, you had some of the highest highs of the program in the last, like, seven, eight years. You beat Alabama when they were red hot. They had just beaten Gonzaga early in the season. They were one of the most feared teams in college basketball at the time. Came into FedEx Forum. You got that win. Um, there was a big win at home over Cincinnati with, that felt really big at the time even though Cincinnati turned out to, you know, not really be anything other than a mediocre American athletic team. Um, Ending Houston's 37-game winning streak in Houston, the first time they lost in that building in like four or five years, and then getting beating Houston again at home um, at the end of the season to basically solidify your uh, tournament bid. So, you know, as as much as, as frustrating as the season was with the COVID issues and the apparent lack of leadership. This team is resilient, uh, led by Alex Lomax, who, you know, endured the worst of the worst. Um, and now has a chance to be the point guard for the Memphis Tigers in the NCAA tournament. Like, that's what you dream of as a kid growing up in Memphis. Um, and he's been playing well. Today, He it was rough, rough going for everybody um, against Houston in the championship game. But all in all, man, we're here. So look, let's, let's look, go. Look, you know, you my feelings on Alex Lomax are well documented through this through this entire podcast <laughs> series. But oh, so Roy, I'll bring you in. Like, obviously, we see you decked out in the UT paraphernalia, so we know where your allegiances are. But you are a Memphian, born in Memphis. Mm-hmm. As um as someone on the outside looking in, I guess you can say, to this U of M season, what did you think about it? Like, like, what were your thoughts on this season? I mean, to echo a lot of what Mason said, is, and, and Dwight said, it was a lot of ups and downs, and I'm very skeptical on how good this team really is, but the beauty of it is we get to find out in March Madness, like, who they really are, just because a lot of who they were able to build their resume on was on the backs of a weak AAC. To me, like, Houston losing one of their top, two of their top, Four players early in the season. I don't know if we really saw who Houston really was, but you can't take away from Memphis what they did, and they did what they were supposed to down the stretch. And so we're gonna really get to see, you know, in the first round. And if they were, if they, if they make it past Boise State, they get Gonzaga. And so we're really gonna see, you know, who Memphis is. And like I, and to be honest. Even if, we, if even if they lose to Gonzaga, I wouldn't hold that against them. It's really how they compete in that game. And so if they compete in that game and they hold their own, I'm like, all right, well, Penny really building something. But if they get blown out in that game, to me, it's going to seem like the season was a little bit of a 
of a farce to some degree because it was a weak to me it was a weak AAC but that's not to discredit if Memphis is who we think they are now you know going forward yeah so I I um agree somewhat disagree disagree a little bit um obviously if you if you've been listening to this show or listening to some of the things I do like I have been very critical of Penny and his program just because of the um the expectations and the not even expectations just just of what's yeah the, the expectations like what's needed from this program at this time so if you ever listen to any of the post game shows that Mason and I did last year we both at the end of the season we both conceded not even we both decided like this was a tournament team at the end of last season, this Memphis team was a tournament team. It, there never should have been an issue of if or when this team would make the tournament. Their coach got in the way of that. Their coach tried to do too much to make them a tournament team and end up ended up almost not making them a tournament team, which was the crux of my criticism. Um, and what you said, Roy, is that like the team did what they were supposed to do. They beat a bunch of teams that they're supposed to beat, and thankfully so that they did. But I did see some growth in this Memphis team. Um, I actually have them we beating Boise State. They beat them last year with a less talented team. Um, so I don't understand why they wouldn't beat them again this year. And in an in a very in a very interesting realm of existence, I can see the beat Gonzaga. No lie. I don't understand. I don't see why. I don't know why I believe that. But because they're underseated based on the talent that they have. Like like Gonzaga has better guards. No lie. Mm-hmm. But I think that Jalen Duran and Chet Holmgren can can equal each other out. Drew Timmy is better than DeAndre Williams. Whatever what cool, whatever. But there's something like is mm-hmm. when I'm filling out this bracket, it's going to take a lot for me. I'm going to probably put Gonzaga over Memphis just because that's what you should do. But if that games happen, I won't be surprised if Memphis beats Gonzaga. First off, one thing we know about a Penny Hardaway coach team, they play to the level of their talent. Gonzaga's, Gonzaga's number one seed, he's going to have them ready to play a number one seed. That's it. You saw you saw it with Virginia Tech when they beat Virginia Tech. You saw it with Alabama this year when they beat Alabama. Maybe they could have did that with Tennessee when they saw Tennessee, but we didn't know because of COVID. Um but when it comes time for these big games, Penny has his guys ready to play. And he they he let he has them playing to the level of that competition. Good and bad. Um, even for this AAC tournament, I bet on them to win. I put money on them to win the tournament because I didn't think that I didn't think Houston had anything for them. Um now I guess they let off the gas a little bit. I don't understand why. You had a tournament championship on the line and you just kind of I don't know. That first that first half threw me off. It just fell on the shooting in the first half. Yeah, you can't beat nobody shooting ten from the ten percent from the three point line. <laughs> like it, it, like I'm like bro, like they they weren't pressing, they weren't doing, they weren't doing a lot of things, and then you know they um, I knew Penny was in trouble when he put Chandler Lawson in because Chandler Lawson ain't played in like four games. Like Penny was very, he, he was he had very a very big tight. lineup too because he had Chandler like at the three. He was very set on his eight players. He was very set on his eight players. These are the players I'm playing. He didn't even play Jaden. Jaden always played. 
no matter what, Jaden always got minutes. But Penny, in like the last month, Penny was like, nah, you good. Um, so yeah, obviously, um, not obviously, because it's not obviously, but I'm happy they made the tournament. Still going to be critical uh, and see what happens. But, you know, there's a, there's a chance they can make Sweet 16. They have a chance. Gonzaga's not infallible. And they got, I think they probably got the right one seed to beat. They, I don't know if they could do the same thing with Baylor or not. Um, so let me, uh, let me go ahead and share my screen. We can pull up this, pull up, uh, pull up this bracket and we can talk about it. So Slim, why are you doing that? I want to actually kind of ask you the first debate question of the night. Let's do it. So you had made a statement that you felt coming out of NIT run last year, Penny had an NCAA team. Yes. Now, given the transfer portal and the fact that Boogie and some other key players left, do you still feel like he would have had that team if he wouldn't have gone Most out? Definitely. Most definitely. With, even without Boogie. Most definitely. Most of the, the core of this team was always DeAndre Lester and DeAndre Williams, Lester Kionez, and Landers Nolly. It was always the core of this team. You put whatever two players around them that you want, that's a tournament team. And when Penny decided to go with those guys, that's when the season took off. Like it was there was it was easy. It was it was easy to see. Adding Jalen Duran, great, understandable. Malcolm, I don't want to say that. But <laughs> but, but those, those three guys were the core to this season. No, and, and that and that's all you needed. That was going to get you a tournament bid, no matter what. He messed with it, and he realized he messed with it around the end of Dan, the end of December, beginning of January, and that's why that's why it changed. Right. Um, all right. I got to I should have, I did the wrong thing. I meant to, uh, <laughs> I'm about to say that you've been trying to share the screen for two minutes now. <laughs> Shut up, Mace. Uh, but yeah, I, obviously I, I, without Amani, uh, Penny had to lean back on Landers and them. And, um, you know, Lester had a great start to the conference tournament and, uh, Landers had some big buckets late against SMU. But neither one of them did anything against Houston today. Um, right. You got you got nothing from Tyler Harris. He was unplayable, um, which is you know the first time that's happened in a while. And then Houston's offense looked the best that, I, that obviously the best in the three games that we played. But they were just clicking on all cylinders. Um, you know they had two relatively easy wins in the games leading up to the championship. Memphis kind of had to fight tooth and nail yesterday against SMU. Um, so it would have been great to kind of cap off this Cinderella into the story with the conference championship, but uh, Houston was just better today. Like, one thing I will do will say is what I'll give Penny a lot of credit for is it would have been real easy to lose a guy like Landers, like mentally, yeah, yeah. And the yep. fact that he was able, and it's a credit to Landers and a credit to Penny, is the fact that he was able to, you know. In a, in a land of where it's easy to just to check out or transfer or just to shut down the season that none of that happened. And he was ready and he was actually able to keep that, keep him engaged. And cause I, like what Mason said, he was integral to the, the, the trajectory of what the, where the, what a team went towards the end of the year. All right. Uh, Roy, since I'm messing this whole sharing the screen thing, up, let's talk about Tennessee because, um, <laughs> You guys finished as the uh, 2022 SEC uh, Conference Tournament champions. You were second place regular season, correct? 
Yeah. Tie for second. Tie for second. What were your thoughts on the on the on the season as a whole? I think as a season as a whole, um, I think we slightly we did more than what I thought we would do. And so um bringing what what we really leaned put our hat on is our defense. And so I think you find it hard to find a team better defensively than we are. I mean, I'm sure there, there are like Baylor, Baylor's they some dogs on defense. Um, but our guard play has really carried us throughout the year. So, you know, we're talking Kennedy Chandler, Santiago, Vescovy, and then the surprise of the year for us was Zakai Ziegler, who literally showed up on campus <laughs> probably three weeks before the season started. And so nobody thought that he was going to be anything, and he turns out to be arguably the most important player on our team. And so – um, it's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, we, we lost um, Olivia, Olivier Conwa in the middle of the season or in, towards the end of SEC play. And then we got some young guys that, that are talented but inexperienced that have stepped up, like Brandon Huntley-Hatfield and Jonas Adu. And then we got some, you know, we got a big man in the middle, Yurash Pavic, who who ain't the most talented, but he ain't too he ain't afraid to to mix it up and get physical. So um I I couldn't be happier for how this season has played out for us, given the fact that we literally have almost no post offensive presence and we're so reliant on our perimeter players. But Josiah Jordan James, like during the back end of SEC play, he is ramped up his play and so really excited to see what we're going to be able to do in march um during the tournament so here's here's my here's my question and i it's a it's a start the dialogue between the two excuse me the two factions here kennedy chandler memphis point guard penny tried to get him couldn't get him from ut is ut's season different if Kennedy Chandler isn't there and is on, is UT season different if Kennedy doesn't go there and goes to Memphis? So, like, if, if Kennedy had Memphis this year, does it does their season change? Obviously, and is does is Tennessee season different if Kennedy's not there? I'm not engaging in your bullshit. <laughs> I, I will say this. I will say this. If Kennedy Chandler was on last year's team with. Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer, that team would be been a Final Four contender team. We had no point guard last year. And the fact that Kennedy has been like oh, Campbell talking spicy. <laughs> this move for the Vols was not playing Memphis. Campbell talking spicy. Oh, oh. Did, did we not play Memphis or did Memphis not play us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Campbell I don't know. But to have a dynamic point guard that can get his own, but also can get it, you need people that can get into the lane and create havoc. And that's what Kennedy does. Um, and the fact that, like, especially towards the end of the year, he's starting hitting his perimeter shots. Um, he's almost unguardable at this point on the college level. Um, so, yes, I, the one thing that Memphis is missing is a dynamic point guard. And if they had a dynamic point guard, we wouldn't be talking about them barely making the tournament. We'd be talking about them as national title contenders to me. 
Yeah, and I think just like any other freshman, Kennedy had his ups and downs. There were some games that I watched where uh, Ziegler was closing the game and Kennedy wasn't in. Um, So it it wasn't like it was all, you know, roses the whole season for him. He is a great player. Um, The last time I saw a draft, he wasn't in the lottery. Um, so that, that was interesting to me, a mock draft, but he, he might be back in there now with the, the, his play late. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he was on Memphis, we'd be a different team, but I don't think he, he wasn't one of those Memphis kids who it seemed like he was always going to get out of town. He wasn't playing for team Thad or team Penny AAU. He was going to St. Louis. Um, you know, and he just always, it's hard. You can't blame him. Like, look at all the point guards who have come to Memphis and, Joe Jackson had a great college career, but when people bring his name up, it's all what could have been, you know? Alo has had an underwhelming career, but it's been a solid player, but all he ever hears is how disappointing he is for everyone, all the fans, you know? Like, it ain't easy staying home and can't blame a kid for wanting to go out for an opportunity, especially play for a team like Tennessee, a program that's been killing it lately. The thing about Joe, like, like, I so hate that Joe had the experience he had at Memphis that he had. Because even after his four years, like he's like top seven in Memphis scoring. Yeah, he's like conference player of the year every year. Like, like made he won a, carried us to the tournament. Like, like Joe, Joe had great years at Memphis, and people look at Joe's career in Memphis like it was terrible. It's like, no, it's not. Obviously, that's my white station bias coming through. All right, so I pulled up a bracket. Uh, we'll see. We got we got a half of a bracket up here at least. So we'll go. This is the the West, where the University of Memphis is. Uh, I guess we can we can all agree that Gonzaga is going to beat Georgia State. I assume. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm willing to bet on that one. It is going to happen. Okay, then. So we go to the eight nine that includes the Memphis Tigers. We got Boise State versus Memphis. Um, Boise State is eight. Memphis is nine. I honestly believe that even though Memphis is nine, Memphis might be favored in this game just because they played them last year. We so we've seen this game before, um, and I think they Memphis are they're point, a point and a half favorites right now. Yeah. Tigers are. I can yeah. So um, uh, is are we all good with putting Memphis on through to the next round? I'm good. I'm good with Memphis. Of course, being. put them in the Final Four right now. Okay, let's not do that. <laughs> I, I mean, that Boise State game is going to be ugly. Slow it down. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country, I believe, top ten. Um, and if you look at like the numbers since February, Memphis has been playing as a top ten team in the country, not just defense. Um, the last game was close when we played them last year in the NIT. Lester got a put back with like 13 seconds left. Um, and then we hit two free throws to ice the game, but they didn't have their leading score. He was injured um, during their postseason last year, and he's back this year. Um, so, I mean, and they got a little better. We got a little better. It, it's not going to be an easy game. All I've heard lately, I, I don't have CBS Sports Network, so I missed the Mountain West Conference Tournament, but everybody's been hyping up the Mountain West, saying they deserve four teams in the conference tournament. Uh, it's Boise State, Colorado State, who ended up getting a sixth seed, um, which, Memphis, State. which Memphis beat Colorado State last year in the NIT as well. Um, so I I look at this bracket and like Memphis, they don't have a power five team to play in either of these games. Um, so if you're able to beat Boise State and get Gonzaga, Gonzaga is a team who lost to Alabama, who you beat. Um, they've lost to St. Mary's. And they, they had another loss. And I think one thing that the conference tournaments in the end of the season showed is that there's no 
dominant college basketball team. Everyone is beatable, and it's not like you have to play great beatable. Like, everyone is capable of a real shitty game in college basketball this year. Well, Mace, you just you just gave me a lot of doubt because I was I was putting Memphis through Boise State. Um, and like you said, like I I, I pay attention to a lot of West Coast basketball, obviously Pac-12, Mountain West, West Coast Conference. Um, pay attention to that. And so you think about the Mountain West with uh, Boise State, um, UNLV, no, they didn't make it. Uh, Boise State, San Diego State, Wyoming made it. Which is which is yeah. interesting, um, and so in in Boise State was one they were one and two throughout their whole conference season, and they were they won the tournament as well. Um, but I didn't know the tidbit about their best player being out. I also last, think, last year he was last, last year last year yeah mm-hmm. against the Tigers. I also think, and this is something that showed itself through the this last half of the American and the conference tournament, like. Jalen Duran's a beast, and if Penny can find a way to make sure Jalen Duran stays involved, I can't. I don't know any other. Like, I don't know if Boise State has the inside presence to stop Jalen Duran. So that's my that's that's the thing that I think about. Um, yeah. but then, Ath- then, athletically, the Tigers should be a, a, able to overwhelm them. Um, that's interesting. Uh, Dwight, what you got to say about that? You a Memphis guy? Oh, you know, I'm rocking Memphis. And I'll be truthful, I don't watch a lot of West Coast basketball because it come on too late for me, so I'll be in bed already. <laughs> Haven't seen Boise State enough to come in on them, but go Tigers, go. <laughs> well, I want, I want, I do want to, you know, I like to, I like to be transparent with my guests and, you know, let people know that you're talking to the um, people in the field that know a lot about what they're talking about. Obviously, Mace, is the, if you've been around us, you know me and Mace, we do what we do. Roy has been a friend of the show for a minute. This is Dwight's first time. But Dwight was an AAU basketball coach and, you know, did a lot of things in in the Boston area where he went to school um, and knows a lot about – he knows a lot about basketball. So that's why we got Dwight here. And, um, yeah, that's what – just let, let people know about that. Uh, he's also a graduate of the White Station High School, so anybody that went to White Station High School can get, get preferential treatment on this show. <laughs> right on. Uh, so uh, while we're on this real quick uh, Gonzaga fans are pissed they think they got the worst draw ever they think this side of the bracket is terrible um, whether it's uh, Boise or Memphis and then you go on down the line you got Arkansas, Texas Tech Duke, uh, you got Izzo in here um, and then Boise fans were super mad that they got an 8 seed They, I guess they thought they should be a 7 seed um, Why so, would you so care they, about an eight or a seven? Jesus Christ! Yeah, so they, I was on, I was on their message board snooping around to see how they felt, and um, yeah, they're they're like us. They haven't watched a lot of Memphis basketball. It's the same. Oh, they got athletes, but no coach. You know, the same uneducated narrative that's been floating around the last few years. Uh interesting, interesting. Let's go to the next the next thing. So we got a. Uh, UConn versus New Mexico State. I don't know much about New Mexico State. They're in the whack now. Um, so I'm going to UConn. Like people, people are really putting some people are putting UConn to through the Sweet 16. So Man, let, let's talk, yeah. let's talk, let's talk about Zona. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, y'all want to go to this? We'll talk about Zona. Whatever, we'll go over here. We'll go. What, what, what's we don't need to talk about the teams we don't know about. 
All right, you, you're right. You're right, Mace. You're right. That's why we have you over here. How are you feeling? You you y'all hired a guy that none none of your boys, none of the former players wanted to hire, and yep. then he comes out and arguably the hottest team in college basketball, uh, wins Pac-12 title, one seed. How you feeling? I said this um, after we clinched the regular season title to a bunch of my old my manager friends, a bunch of players on the team when I was there. I told him, I said, I want your apology to be as loud as your disrespect <laughs> because y'all, y'all came and talked a bunch of shit about Tommy when they hired Tommy. And now Tommy and got us a Pac-12 championship. Now, granted, Sean got us a couple of them. So it is what it is. When you in Arizona, you got a good chance to do that. But y'all were so loud and so wrong about this hire. I need you to be just as loud as with your apology. Talking to Richard Jefferson, talking to Gilbert Arenas, talking to um, uh, da- well, Damon didn't say anything because they wanted Damon, but them two particularly because they have the platforms. Y'all need like it don't matter. It don't matter that y'all still give money to the school. Obviously, it don't matter that you're still doing all the things you're doing. I need your apology to be just as loud as your disrespect when they hire Tommy, and that's what it is. And Tommy, since they hired him done nothing but the best he can do to try to include everybody we've had many zooms and facetimes and whatever to include everybody into this whole thing and now he got us where we are and it was the same thing i think somebody said um i was watching the game last night when we beat ucla and they were talking about tommy inherited a good team he didn't inherit a good team we were we were picked to finish tied for fifth in the pack with Oregon State, who only won one conference game this year. And he they about, played he, hard, he, though. He, he inherited a good team. What the fuck are you talking about? He did not. <laughs> like, he did not. But he turned them into the, the, the Pac-12 champion. Um, so, like, like I, was, I was in Tucson last week, got to meet Tommy, got to meet his staff, uh, shoot around the game, I got to talk to some of the players, all this other stuff, and it was great. So I, I just meet our former players. If we make a Final Four, if we make a Sweet 16, whatever, be as loud as you were with your disrespect. What, with that being said, um, obviously I got us going at least in the Sweet 16. We'll 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 get through right state of Bryant. Um, is a uh, is your boy okay? The guy who got wheeled out on, in the wheelchair, Kirk. We don't know, Kirk okay. Reese. We don't know. There's talk about him missing the first game just because it's a 116. You don't, you're probably not going to need him, uh, which will give him. So we don't play till Friday. He twisted his ankle on Thursday, uh, Thursday of this. So he'll have a whole week to, to kind of get right. Um, but he, he's one of the engines that make us go. And you can see his, you, we missed his presence uh, against UCLA last night. Obviously, we end up turning it. We, we, um, we end up pulling it out, but you know, once we get in some get some of these good teams, we're going to need that point guard presence. I will say, looking at the top half of y'all's bracket, is it seems to be very favorable for y'all to make it to a Sweet Sixteen because, mm-hmm. like, I don't really, I don't really care for Houston um, and Illinois. They got Kofi Coburn, but outside of him, I don't really know who else they have. But beyond that. Um, but no, well, here's his. I, I think it looks pretty good for y'all. I think Houston sucks. I, I'm not a Houston fan. <laughs> I think Houston sucks. 
Um, the I best version of Houston is what what was on display on today. today. Yep. Fabian so White scoring 20, hitting threes. Like. <laughs> I think Arizona will obviously win a first-round game. Seton Hall versus TCU, both of those teams are tough. They play a very tough physical style. But, I mean, we got we, – we Arizona literally throws um, two seven-footers and one, like, 16 yeah. big bodies at you. So I don't I don't know how many people can contend with it. And we we are super inside out team, super inside out team. Um, obviously TCU, Damian Ball, Miffian. Um, it's actually crazy. Outside of DJ, all of the players that transferred from Memphis made the tournament this year. Uh, Boogie made it with and US been playing team. big parts of their team too. Right, exactly, exactly. If Mississippi State was in the AAC, they would have made it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we we might we might see Mississippi State get rid of um, their coach too, and, and and see what happens. Um, uh, another reunion. We're gonna do the uh, you know we just brought Tyler Harris back. Is uh, DJ gonna come back for one more round? Would I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Would he walk on? <laughs> <laughs> nah. We gonna talk about this. We gonna talk. Let's talk about this. Do y'all want DeAndre Williams back? Does he have another year? He be twenty five years old. <laughs> hey, yeah, he can, he can play, baby. <laughs> hey, everybody got a free COVID year. Why do so you, DeAndre, Tyler, Halo, Malcolm, Malcolm? Oh God, Chandler. Then then y'all got to do something. With, 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 what y'all gonna do with J Law? What's the other boy that's red shirted? John Camden, Camden. got to play. You can't don't give Penny too many tools. What we what we know about Penny is half his team gonna transfer at the end of the year. So whoever's on the team right now ain't gonna be on the team next year. Well, I think I think Landers is done with college. I think Landers said I'm going to the league regardless. I'm being the G League. I don't think Landers coming back. Um everybody else I see coming back. I think less I mean Jalen Duran's gone, Imani's gone. Um everybody else is I think is coming back. We'll see. I think Josh could get into the combine and impress some people and get drafted on potential. Why not? I don't think he's played enough, though. Yeah, well, it's probably a good thing because he's, he's, he's overmatched. <laughs> he, he, just, he just needs to get into some exercise drills and jump and run. So, all right, Roy, where are we on you now? So we got Tennessee. You got Longwood, Longwood, Strongwood. Um, <laughs> I didn't even know that was a real school until right now. <laughs> So you so so let's talk about it. You guys are a three seed in the South, um, which I believe they severely underseeded you guys. You guys probably should have been the two. Um, like you like like many UT fans have pointed out, you beat the one seed Arizona already. You beat the you lost to Villanova, correct? We like we got smoked by Villanova. Okay, you lost Villanova as a two, but you beat Kentucky twice. Um and they got you as a three. So how are you feeling about how are you feeling about your seating, and what are you thinking about your prospects to make the Sweet 16 early late? I mean, from a seating standpoint, we definitely should have been a two over Duke. Our resume, I mean, we got 11 or 10 or 11 quad one wins. I mean, we got, a, we got I think, three wins over top five teams this year. Um, but with that said, um, you still got to play the game. So after all of the seating is out, you still got to play it. Villanova does scare me because the strength of our team is our guards and the strength of Villanova is their guards. 
And so, uh, you know, they Kennedy got exposed early in the season. Um, and Zakai really hadn't found his his place on the team. So it's really going to be interesting to see if we were to play them um, in a Sweet 16 game, how uh, to, to see how our team has grown um, through the course of the year. Um, that Villanova game really scares me. Colorado State or Michigan, I don't really – I look at this team and say it's – if we don't make it to the Sweet 16, it's a failure as a, as a, as a tournament. Um as a tournament team, like not as an overall season. Um, I think winning the SEC tournament first time since 79, that is big in itself. Um, but if this team doesn't make the Sweet 16, I, I would feel like that was less than what this team is capable of doing and what they should do. Now, when they get to Villanova, I, that's a that's a toss up to me. Like, I don't I would probably pick Villanova. Um, based on the the game earlier this year, I think we lost like 71 to 53, something like that. So it wasn't even a close game. Um, but they got some experienced guards that knew how to play college basketball and it was early in the season. So um really interested to see if, if they if if they were to make it that far and we didn't make it that far, uh it definitely would be a revenge game for us. You think Nova can beat Ohio State? I think Ohio State may give may give Villanova I mean, some problems there. The thing is, uh, what's the dude from Ohio State? Uh, Liddell. Liddell. Liddell, yeah. If you have a dude that can get you thirty, you can win. You can you can win a tournament game, and so and they definitely have that in him. And so that would be an interesting second round game if if Ohio State were to beat Loyola. But I think Loyola is pretty good too. So. Um, yeah. Don't, don't bet against Sister Jean. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the thing about Loyola, Loyola, um, obviously Sister Jean, like y'all said. Um, Denzel Valentine, who plays in the NBA, his brother is the coach at Loyola. That's the head coach. And he looks like Denzel Valentine. And also assistant for Loyola is Amaro Morgan. Amaro. Who is uh, a – he's a Memphian, played at Cordova. Uh, coach, coached all over, coached in a couple different places. So, uh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Amaro was a, a finalist for one of our assistant coaching jobs um, this past season. Didn't get it, but he was one of the one of the coaches in the running for that. Yeah. Oh, oh, he was. I I I knew some of the ins and outs of that one. Let's uh, let's talk about some other teams real quick. I mean, we some teams that like we've all like. I think we've both talked. We've all not both. We've all talked about the teams we have connections with, but some of the other storylines in this tournament, Duke. So it's, it's coach K's last year. Duke is a two seed. Duke consistently underperforms in the tournament. Y'all think Duke going to make the sweet 16 or elite eight? I no. think what, I think what Duke has showed us late in the year is they are not, they're not what they need to be. To, to make that deep run. Their, their late loss to North Carolina and Coach K's last game and Cameron losing to Virginia Tech in the conference title game. It may in a, in a week a in a week um ACC, it makes me think that Duke is ripe for, you know, if they see Michigan State in the second round, I it would not surprise me at all if Izzo not, and it would be kind of cool to see Tom Izzo knock 
Mike Krzyzewski out the, the tournament. Izzo versus Izzo versus K in the second round. The, the, I was hoping the, we didn't know they were doing. I was hoping we got Carolina Duke in the ACC championship and Carolina put them out. And then I was hoping somehow they met in the final four or something and Carolina got to send him home one more time. <laughs> that would <that, laughs> just been great. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get – so I got Alan, my my uh, brother-in-law, who's an Arkansas alum, on the line. He ain't – he ain't. I don't know why he ain't talking or not. To get the Arkansas perspective because he went to Arkansas. But uh, when he gets in on, we'll come back up there. So let's talk about this other part of the bracket that we don't, none of our teams are involved in, but we can talk about storylines, I guess. Um, Baylor is a one seed, Kansas is a one seed. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, Carolina versus Marquette, I think it'll be a good game. Any thought? Any thoughts over this this second half of the bracket, you guys? Like anything that throw, jumps out to you? Auburn and Kentucky as two seeds over Tennessee. I like ten. I like teams that win a lot, and I look at Murray State, and they've only lost two games all year. Yeah. So I see them in a second round game against Kentucky, being a hell of a game. That's a, that's the committee doing some Kentucky stuff. Like that's some that's some rating stuff too, because you got a Murray State in Kentucky and Kentucky in Kentucky. So like that's going to like that's going to galvanize whatever it is. Um, San Francisco, San Francisco is a really good mid major as well. Uh, they're in the West Coast Conference with with Gonzaga, St. Mary's, um, and they they've been competitive all year with both those teams. I think they might even beat St. Mary's once. Um, that's a good matchup of really good mid major powers right there. Um, and I wish they wouldn't do that. I wish they wouldn't put mid major teams against mid against mid-major teams yeah. because I want to see Murray State against whoever is a – Yeah, swap, swap San Francisco Miami and Miami down there. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Let me see them against Miami. I don't want to see – because that doesn't tell us anything. What do y'all think about Purdue? Purdue's a three seed. That's, What's that, Mace? That's what – No, I was just going to say, that's exactly that's where I was about to go. I look at the bottom half of this bracket, and I believe Purdue's one of the most dangerous teams down here. Just a lot of size. And I feel like Matt Painter's had the same guy in the same position for like the last five years. Some big seven footer, like playing where, five. Where do they right get side. these people from? Like, I don't know. <laughs> His recruiting is crazy, but he's had that exact same player in the exact same playing that five position. And Jaden Ivey, I personally think he's a lottery pick. You know, oh, at the beginning of the season, he was really hyped up, but the kid's extra athletic and he's a gamer. Like making big shots in big time uh, situations. Can you tell that? So I, Jade, not obviously because it's not who does. Jaden Ivy's mother was. How do you say her name? Niall. Night. I think that's right. Niall Ivy. She her Jaden Ivy's mom was an assistant coach for the Grizzlies last season, and I see so much of John Morant in mm-hmm. Jaden Ivy. Even outside of the hair, just the way he like the way he, his his body He's a bigger, the way he moves, bigger job. It's 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 so interesting to me. Like it just knowing the backstory of that and how like Jaden and Ja or Ja would do things with Jaden. It was it was super interesting. Uh, so we got we got Allen on the line. Allen, I'm gonna bring you in. Can you? What's good? Me? What's good? 
Yeah, I can hear you. All my right, bad. Let, my phone was tripping. <laughs> let's talk. We gonna go. We gonna go back up to to your half. Your half of the bracket. So you got okay. Arkansas. You're an Arkansas grad. You know, um, <clears throat> you're a four seed. First off, how do you feel about being a four seed? I feel I'm fine. Uh, we were Lenardi said all season we were gonna be a six seed. So the fact that we got to be four, I'm Gucci with that, for sure. All uh, right. So you your first round matchup. Go ahead. You got it. You got it. Yeah, so the draw with Vermont, I mean, it's going to be one of those situations where they're a pretty good three-point shooting team. Uh, they smacked their entire conference all season long. They lost to Providence by 10. So, I mean, it's going to be a similar situation like when we played Colgate last year at the beginning of the season. We forget how to play basketball in the first half. They play with us the whole first half, and then we smack them in the second half. I'm very, very confident that's exactly what's going to happen again this year when we play Vermont in the first round. All right, well, what second round matchup then? You guys got UConn. Or maybe, yeah. maybe you have UConn. Uh, to give you the book, I have not watched UConn at all this year. I do not know how good they are, but I'm going to go ahead and, and say that we're going to advance to the next round. I'm more I'm more focused on this potential Sweet 16 matchup against Gonzaga. That's, that's going to be tough. About briefly about my most hated basketball player and this year is Jalen Williams from Arkansas. Why? I hate that, bro. bro. Because I hate him because... Because he takes so many charges? He takes so many damn charges, and it's not basketball plays. Like, he ain't playing. It's one thing to take a charge. It's another thing to, like, that's your whole MO. Like, no matter what, whether I'm going to do it or not, I'm gonna slide up underneath you and hope that I'm a, and I know it's gonna be a bang bang play and they probably because college refereeing is so bad they're probably gonna call it a charge anyway. I mean that was true for like the first three quarters of the season, but like the last few games, the last like ten games or so, the refs stopped stopped giving us the calls and I started calling that, a that, bunch of blocking fouls. That Tennessee game, they got them on like probably two or three blocks. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God, because the, the dude ain't doing nothing but sliding underneath people while they in the air. Hey, man, that's what he does. He gets rebounds and he takes charges. That's what he does for this team. And he's the heart. And truth of the matter is, he's the heart and soul of this Arkansas team. That's really what it boils down to. He's just he's just the dude that gets the team together. I mean, he's not there to score points. He's there to be in the paint, take those charges, and get rebounds. And he does his job very well. So we'll see how it translates. Uh, it doesn't do, but our, we struggle with three-point shooting teams, as I alluded to before. So I'm very curious to see how this first matchup with Vermont goes because we suck at perimeter defense, to be quite frank. Um, so, so let's say, like, so you think, in your <clears> mind, <throat> is, there, is there a chance that either Memphis, Boise State or Memphis beats Gonzaga? So you said you're thinking about Gonzaga in the 316. Uh, so if, I you were, think... if you were to run up against Memphis or Boise State, what do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know how I feel about Memphis. I think we would take Memphis behind the woodshed if we played them. Uh, if we play, if we play Boise State, and honestly, I think Memphis is better than Boise State, so that answers that question as well. I'm not concerned with either team. I'm definitely concerned with uh, uh, Gonzaga hitting Gonzaga in the um, in the Sweet 16. Because if we do advance from that game back to back, we've got a potential matchup with Duke. Um, in the Sweet 16. I heard y'all talking earlier. I don't think Michigan State will beat Duke. I think Duke will make it to the Elite Eight. Uh, I think their path there is pretty solid. Um, I don't think Texas Tech or Bama 
got enough firepower to take Duke down in a, in a, in a matchup like that with the, with the way this bracket is set up. And to Allen's point, why why I feel like he thinks that Arkansas would take Memphis to the woodshed is this tournament is it's essentially all about guard play. If you ain't got guards, it's, it's over for you. And so Alex Lomax and Tyler Harris was able to get you through the AAC. Are they going to be able to get you through a team like Gonzaga that, that's got guards and plenty of them? And so that's where I like yeah. Memphis has the front court talent, but they don't have the back court talent. And so that's where I think, you know, Gonzaga is probably going to expose them in the second round. They For were sure. They were, they were barely ready. They were barely there to get you through the AC. Like the good, that's one of the things about Penny too. Like Tyler, sometimes you can't play Tyler. And tonight, today he didn't play Tyler that much. We put Earl Timberlake in. Um, to to get to get it, to get where it need to be because Tyler can handle it. Tyler's too Tyler's too little, too small with that. Uh, okay, let's let's see. Let's go back down here again to the other side of the bracket. Is there any other matchup that kind of intrigues y'all? I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I talked about the Purdue. I mean, I think LSU. I think LSU was intriguing because they fired their coach yesterday, <laughs> and so. So see, I think that see. team is I think that team is way too rattled to win that game. That's an that's an eleven. You can't you can't you can't lose your coach and then go and then go like make a run in the tournament, bro. I just don't see it. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't I don't. And <clears> if you read that, if you read the notice of allegations and you read all the things that the NCAA and the, they have on this dude, Will Wade is done. Will Wade is done. <laughs> he is. Done. Um, and, and one of the so, things. That, when looking at the bracket, it's like why I'm not really excited about any of these first round matchups. Is there, it's like there's not that one like mid major player that we all know that built up through the season that, like a, you know, a Steph Curry or a Ja Morant that was like, all right, this dude could really do something. And I don't really see that this year. Um, and so, you know, there's no real first round matchups. I think the matchups that I'm really looking for is probably in the second round. So I'll, let's do this. Uh, a good a good workshop here. There's always a five twelve upset in a tournament every year. There's a five twelve upset. So let's look at these these these. So we got UConn versus New Mexico State, Houston UAB, uh, Iowa Richmond, and St. Mary's versus Wyoming or Indiana. Which one of which one of these matchups do you think the twelve will beat the five? I'm calling the IU game. Like IU got hot here in that Big Ten tournament, lost on a last second three pointer. There was damn near a shot from half court or the logo. I yeah. believe IU's on the team. They're solid. And they got that dude Trace Trace Jackson Davis, whatever mm-hmm. whatever his name is, something like that. TJD. Yeah. So uh, I I and, and Roy, it's funny you said that because. Like Indiana isn't a mid major, but they've been out of the spotlight for a couple years, mm-hmm. and so a guy like him is somebody I can see being like, "Yo, let me introduce myself to the world stage during this tournament." I, but typically, it's going to be a guard that does it because when you get you can take away big man in yeah. the tournament. Is he technically a big man? Or is he a forward? Like I, I don't know. I, don't I, know I think he's a four. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I think he's more of a four. I don't really know. I, the, what a little I've seen of him, I really haven't seen much of a perimeter game from him. 
I think I think I don't this might be I mean I don't know much about New Mexico State. I know more about UConn and Mexico State. I don't can't see that. I don't trust Houston at all, but I think they'll get I think just think they're more physical than UAB. I mean, Andy Kennedy, who used to be the coach at Ole Miss, is the coach at UAB now. Um, so you know, maybe, maybe you can talk yourself into that one as a five twelve. I think Iowa is too talented for Richmond, and I guess the one matchup, like you said, but I think St. Mary's is a good team. I don't even. I, this might be a year we don't see a five twelve upset. I don't know. Right. I mean, it it's hard to pick one this year because, like, I like St. Mary's is a really good team. Iowa, they got a dude that can get you thirty any on any night. Murray. Um, yep. Ain't no thing about Iowa, and I, I, I Iowa used to be like the widest team in the <laughs> in the tournament. They got, they got some black dudes now. Wisconsin used to be, bro. It was what year was it? Um, twenty fourteen. It was twenty fourteen. You're, you're talking about the uh, the Frank Kaminsky year when they went to the yeah. championship. 2014, yeah, 2015. Sam Decker, yeah, Sam Becker, Kaminsky, all boy. Wisconsin and Arizona played each other twice. Like they played each other in the lead eight both years those time. And it was like the we called it the Beijing of America. It was, <laughs> it was nothing but white guys and light skinned guys on the court. Like where the dark skinned people at, bro? Like it ain't nothing but white folk. You got you got Frank Kaminsky. Sam Decker, what's the oh, what was the light skinned guard for Wisconsin? Um, oh, I know you're talking about, but I can't. I know you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. I can't think of his name. And then in Arizona, we had Aaron Gordon, who's light bright. We had Nick Johnson, who's light bright. Brandon Ashley, who's a light skinned guy. Um, so you're like, right? This is like we call it, we we nicknamed that game the Beijing of America. Um, so that was funny. That was actually funny. Uh, damn, it was something. Uh, uh, Trayvon Jackson, that was his name. Trayvon wow. Jackson, my boy Sean Posey said this shit. There you go, Jackson. Uh, Campbell said the same thing. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, here's my question. So we're looking at so. There's been some conversation about the play-in games. So this year's play-in games on Tuesday will be for the 16 seed, Wright State will play Bryant. Um, the other 16 seed, Texas Southern will play um, – T- who is TCC? I don't know who TCC is. Then I you got – Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. There sure. you go. That's it. Then you got Wyoming versus Indiana. And then the other one will be, the other will be Rutgers versus Notre Dame. And so there have been questions about – 16 seeds teams like Texas Southern, uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and whatever. Like, why do they have to be in the play-in game when they won their conference? They they won their conference tournament. Like, shouldn't you just automatically put them in? Like, there are teams automatically in the field that didn't win their conference tournament. Um, they didn't win their conference as a regular season. And then didn't win in a conference tournament. North Carolina is one. Let's say as an AC, whatever. Doesn't matter. Well, no matter what seed it is. How do y'all feel about just letting a team that won their conference tournament 
even though it's a really small conference, just have an automatic, you know, why, why do they have to do a play-in? What do y'all think about that? Start with you, Dwight. Might not even have no thoughts about it. I don't know. I was going to say, you know, it's one of those you recognize you're not from a big part of it. But they say the tournament's got six to eight teams now, so you're in the tournament. Just got to win the rest now. Although, to be fair, I definitely think Michigan should have had one of these play-in games. Like, I just don't see how they got a, a C off the bat Agreed. like that. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm like, how did Michigan get a seed in and Indiana had to do a play in game? And I will say, exactly. like, and they put them out in the first round, right? I will say, from a it's a double edged sword of the 16 seed having to do a play in because at one point you get a marquee game as one of the first four, so like. It's a it's a stage that you're never gonna be on as a as as a small program, where everybody you're the one of two games that's gonna be played that night, or or four games, whatever it is. On the other end, like if, and it also gives you a chance to actually win a tournament game. Yeah. Otherwise, like you probably getting your boot smoked in the first round. So. Like, is it really like a badge of honor to lose by 30 in the first round? Or would you rather have a chance to actually win a game? And so if I was one of those teams, I would want to play in the playing game because oh. it's a legitimate chance to win a game in a tournament. And this because whether you agree with it or not, it is gonna count as a tournament win. And that's something that you can always say is like, hey, I played on a team that won an NCAA tournament game, whether it was first four or not, you can't take that away from you. And so that's I, the way I look at it. I never looked at it that way. I didn't, I but, didn't but, think about it that way. Well, you think, but at the same time, it's like you, you probably playing like hella tough, playing a real hard fall game to, just to get to that 16 seed, just to get smacked by the number one seed two days later. Yeah. Like at the same time, like, is it really worth it at that point? Would you rather just take that first L by thirty, like you said, and just and just be in the tournament, or get one win for against an equal school will, and then just get smacked by one? I want to take the win, and then as a player to be able to say I played against um, Kevin Durant, or I played against uh, Grant Hill, or whoever. I think that's also really cool at the same time. So I think you know. Well, why, why did why does your your two people have such a discrepancy between them? You said Kevin Durant and Grant Hill. It's like well, because I was trying years to think of teams that, that, that actually got one seeds, and Kevin Durant did not get a one seed at Texas, yeah. so I had to go in my head. I was like, uh, Grant Hill. <laughs> Wait, I played against John Havlicek. And... <laughs> I played against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> He was now nah, he was Lou Alcindor then. He wasn't even Kareem. That's true. Then. That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh all right. Look, we had we had an hour. We're gonna kind of cap it around this. So I'm gonna go around to each of y'all. And I didn't prep y'all on this. So if you don't want to say in school, whatever, your final not even either give me your final four or your national champion. You know, have whichever way you think is gonna go. So um Roy, and I'll, I'll give mine first to give you guys some time to think about what you want to do. I will actually do both. Obviously, from the uh, uh, from the south, I got Arizona coming in for the final four. 
on the West, I don't think <laughs> I'm not going to say Gonzaga is going to make it out. I don't know who is going to beat them. I think this is a very, pretty vulnerable Gonzaga team. Um, go ahead and say it, bro. You know you want to. Just no, go I'm ahead not. And say it. Not doing go ahead that. And say it. Not doing that. Uh, I don't tr- actually. It's a vulnerable team, but I don't trust. I don't trust any of these other teams. So. <clears throat> I'll put Gonzaga in there. So I got two one seeds in my final four going down to this side. Um, obviously I'm kind of with, kind of with Dwight. I think Purdue can make a run. Um, Yale, get rid of them. Purdue, Texas might be interesting, but I think get rid of them. Um, either Purdue, Kentucky, I'll go Kentucky as a two seed there. In my final four, in on on the uh, on the Midwest side, don't really trust Kansas. <clears throat> don't really trust Auburn. Um, I guess you got to go with one of them though. I don't see any other team on this West side that Iowa might do something, but I don't know. So I think my final four, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna be pretty much chalk. I do. Um, Kansas, Kentucky, Kansas, Kentucky. Oh, they messed it up. Kansas, Kentucky, Arizona, Gonzaga, and I'm going to have Zaga versus Arizona in the championship, and obviously Arizona winning. That's that's my guess right now. So, uh, Roy, who you got? I'm gonna have uh, Gonzaga coming out the west. I'm gonna have Tennessee coming out the south. Obviously. I'm gonna have them beating Arizona again. Yep. Again, I said that again. Can I said it again. Uh, did it? Did it? Did it happen the first time or no? I don't think it happened. It happened again. It'll okay. happen again. And then I'm gonna go. Um, I like. I like Baylor a lot. I'm gonna go Baylor and Kansas. I'm gonna have three ones, and I'm gonna have uh, Baylor a Baylor Kansas. Um championship game and i think baylor's gonna take it a big 12 national championship game i do there is something to be said about conference teams like i think that one thing that we do as a viewing society is we look at conference losses and we give them way too much weight um conference losses happen coaches know coaches coaches know how teams play and you know like there's a reason why saint mary's beats Gonzaga once every two years just because that's, that's bound to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like the coach, the uh, what's my boy name? Can't remember his name right now. He knows Mark Few. He, like Mark Few doesn't run anything new. So Randy Bennett. Randy Bennett at St. Mary's knows what Mark Few is going to do. So every two years, St. Mary's beats Gonzaga. But Gonzaga is better than most of the other teams. So conference conference losses are interesting. So the way you put the conference in there is is I, I see that I see that. And I just um, think Baylor got them dogs. Oh wow! Great timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> that was excellent timing. Perfect timing. And Baylor's Baylor's lead guard is a transfer from Arizona. James James A K I N G O. I know I say his name. Akingo. He 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 was in Arizona last year. He transferred his grad year to Baylor. And this one of being so good now. Anyway, Dwight, who you got? All right, here we go. Final four coming out of that West region. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, it's probably gonna be Gonzaga. Um, 
you know, I'm still holding that hope, though, that Memphis might be there. But we got to be realistic at some point in life. Out of the <laughs> South, I'm going to pick the team I haven't heard anyone else pick. I'm going to pick Villanova uh, just because I think Colin Gillespie is, I think he's a fifth, maybe six-year senior. Nah, he's probably like a fifth-year senior. But he's a solid kid, solid point guard, great court vision, and a proven winner. So I'm definitely picking Villanova coming out of the South. Although I do believe them in Arizona is going to be a, will be a hell of a game in that Elite Eight. Uh, coming down to the East, I already said Purdue down there. Um, and then the Midwest, Kansas. Kansas actually surprised me. I have it like I watch some of their games sometimes, but watching them throughout that Big 12 tournament there, I'm really surprised with the way Kansas has been playing. Um, and so to win it all, Actually, I'm just gonna stop at the final four there. That's good. That's good. I actually, I, I like the, I like the Colin Gillespie love because he's the reason Villanova didn't go that far last year. He he got hurt last year mm-hmm. right before the tournament started, and if Villanova had him last year, they were a threat. Or they were a super threat, and I think he might have. To be honest, I think he might have like twisted that same ankle or something a week during the tournament now. So I don't know if he's at full. I don't know if he's at full strength or not. And obviously, even Arizona art, like I said, our point guard isn't at full strength. So that's something that we have to look at as well. Is could be a very Arizona can make the final four or lose in around a 32. It's like I'm <laughs> I'm ready for all possibilities because that's what happens with Arizona fans. You don't get too high, you don't get too low. Arizona, uh, not Arizona. Allen, what you got? Your 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 um, your prediction. I'm gonna start with the South. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think I'm gonna. I think the Vols are gonna make it out of the South. Uh, I'm gonna look forward to that Elite Eight Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Arizona matchup. That's gonna be a fire game. That's gonna be a really good game. That's the third. That's the third matchup, right? This season. Yep. Okay. The second. Yeah, that's what. I, oh, second, second. Okay, okay. And then I got Kansas out of the Midwest. Like Dwight said, I w- I really liked how they played in the Big Twelve tournament. I think they're ready. They're ready to. Uh, to make some moves in the in the big dance, and then over in the east, I also I got Purdue coming out. I just think they're the best overall team in that bracket. Uh, I, I think uh, when they match up with Baylor, it'll be a good game. Uh, and of course, out of the west, I have the Zach's. Like, no, I got Arkansas. Uh, you said Gonzaga is a very is a very volatile team this year. So if there's any team to beat them in the tournament, it's gonna be this. It's gonna be this year. Uh, and then Duke, I think Duke is beatable too. I really do. So I, I'm, that's all I'm worried about. Sweet 16, 16 Elite Eight. And then I got Arkansas and Tennessee for the third matchup this season on a neutral court in the national championship game for an Arkansas win by eight. <laughs> in New Orleans. Are you, giving, are, you, are you giving me um, Tennessee plus eight right now? You said what? Sure. You yes, I am. You don't give me Tennessee plus eight right now? Plus right. eight? Plus eight? You're dumb. There's wow. no way in hell I'm giving somebody plus eight. You're crazy. Bro, bro let's, if, you, if you really sit here and break it down, Tennessee is not a better team than Arkansas. It's a neutral court. You saw what happened in Bud Walton. We beat them by 10. You saw what happened in Thompson Bowling. We, we lost by two. They they almost flopped. They gave up a 25-point lead, and we almost won. So let's not Plus let's eight not is too much, Allen. You plus eight <laughs> like, is way too much. Okay, here, here's the thing. Here, okay, let's, if you, let's if you gonna tell me that we gonna we're only gonna score 48 points, or how many I think that's how many we scored against y'all in the first game, then yeah, we're gonna lose. 
No, 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 no. It's not going to be that low. That, that was a terrible performance. That was, yeah, it's not going to be that low. Uh, but no, there was, I still... Oh, I just want to say, before so we get out here, so we think that – I think we all got Purdue or somebody outside of that. I think I might have picked Kentucky. <clears throat> Oscar Shebe. I messed his name up completely. Shebe. Shebe. Yeah, whatever. He, he can't get Kentucky there? Like, this dude is a double-double machine. He can't. If if the referees actually call three seconds, they won't they won't come out the first round. <laughs> if the referees but, actually call three seconds, the the, the Wildcats will not make it out of the first round because that man pitches a tent in the camp in the, in the paint every single game. What you every got, Dwight? So just back to what we were saying, though, like yeah, he's a double double machine. He's like getting twenty rebounds, eighteen rebounds a game. But like, I want to see him against that seven footer that Purdue's got. Okay. I feel like. That kid, he's got to be able to keep him off the glass, or if not completely off the glass, he's cutting that 18 rebounds down to eight per game. And what what Tennessee showed is if you're physical with him, because a lot of times he's the most physical person on the floor. If we put Euros Plavich on him, and Euros is trash, but one thing that he is, is physical as fuck. God damn, can y'all be quiet for a second? Nah, they, they, they want to be on. Let them talk. Who going to win the game? Who going to win the game, dogs? <laughs> hey, I'm sitting right now, so like they going at it right now. But if you can be physical and box him out every single possession, which is easier said than done, then you can take him from being a national player of the year candidate just to being a really good player. And if you can do that, Kentucky is very vulnerable because they need him to be a national player of the year every single game. Facts. Well, so let's 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 make this pact. And this is not something that we have. We don't have to stand with this because we all have different lives and things like that. But if one of our teams make it to the Final Four in New Orleans, we going. If Arizona's there, we, we there. going. We there. If, if Tennessee is there, we going. If Arkansas is there, we going. If Memphis there, we going. It's Memphis a six-hour drive. Let's, let's, let's be real. It's Arkansas, <laughs> Arizona, and Tennessee. <laughs> Damn. I see Hayden oh, real out here on a Sunday. <laughs> Damn, niggas say like on a Sunday. Wow. No. I mean, if we if we going to be real about it. If we if we if if one of our teams make it, we're gonna be in New you Orleans. Gotta show some hogs the more some more love, man. But I'm with it though. If any team goes, I'm in New Orleans, bro. And we done. Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the kickback. We uh this is our bracket challenge. Thank you guys for being with us uh tonight. And um, like we always say about this time, uh stay safe, stay woke, keep your head on the swivel, and we are out. Peace. <laughs>